it's time. Thank you for tuning in to the Force Report Podcast. I'm T.D. Arnold, and my special guest today is Kimby Taez. She is a singer, songwriter, poet, and yogis. She'll be sharing her story about being an entrepreneur, love, heartbreak, and betrayal. So sit back and relax. It's time for The Force Report. Thank you for tuning in to The Force Report. I'm T.D. Arnold, and uh, my special guest today, I have Kimby Taez. How you doing? Uh, you're doing well. How are you doing? Oh, I am well. You have a busy day? I do. <laughs> <laughs> when don't I? But I do. It, ne- it never stops, huh? Yeah, it, it, it's, it's good productive, so it's all good. Good. towards the greater good. good. I uh, became uh, familiar with your work. Uh, you are in, and we've talked on many occasions uh, thus far, and I'm very impressed that uh, uh, you into multiple, a multitude of things. You uh, yoga, you, uh, you teach that. Uh, uh, massage therapy uh, as well. Um, a spoken word, uh, you do, you do. Songwriter, singer, uh, and probably other things that I have probably haven't listed. <laughs> Mom, <laughs> you know. That, that's uh, the toughest one of them all. <laughs> the primary uh, to, uh, to, to a young young prince and so and so uh i think that you have your definitely your plate full i mean so but you do it well you do it well i've listened to some of your music uh online i've listened to some of your uh, spoken word i've seen you uh some of your what you're doing it's, it's just amazing so uh let's talk a little bit about your background uh you originally are were born in the South, but uh, you, you're kind of raised in the North in New York, right? Yes. Well, I always say I was born and bred in the South, buttered and jellied in New York City. <laughs> so I'm not quite fully Southern, right. uh, but not quite fully uh, citified. So I'm yes. a Southern girl. <laughs> yes. Right, right. So, so growing up in uh, New York. Mm-hmm. Um, what was uh, that like? What was the? Uh, uh, how did that help develop you into your art, many art forms? Well, I have to say, being that I, you know, just I lived in just about every borough um, from the Bronx to Flushing Queens to Manhattan, and just you know, with school and different classmates and different jobs I had and different people that I met over time and just being in New York, everybody and their grandmama (laughs) is in New York. Um, I I got a chance to learn from many different teachers, um, shamans, sages, you know, from all walks of life. And I really have to say like, spiritually like my spiritual practice that was very impactful um being raised there because my background also being in fashion design when i was in um, college that's actually where i took up tai chi um, just to help with my stress level of you know dealing with a pattern making major and the whole fashion industry and all that that entailed at the time but that pulled me more as I studied with that um, guy. And I can't remember his name, that's so bad, but it's been a long, 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 long time ago. Held in with a harness strapped to my vital body. 
whipped by the evil twin of happiness, go farther, further. Heels digging into a deep nowhere. Fresh scars making love to sewn wounds, trying to be reborn. The tongue and the heart and the mind speak fluent miscommunication. This breath is a hostage of doubts, taunted by an idle and manipulative imagination. Give us free, give us remembering, give me, me. And I actually got into yoga from my mom, uh, who was a bit of a um, eccentric in her time. Um, so she used to meditate. And um, me and my brother just used to laugh at her and think that was mom doing just crazy mom things. But she's, she was very artistic, a painter, singer. Uh, so pretty much my creative side is from my mom. Um, that's in my DNA. That's in my blood from her. Um, so as I said, speeding up to college, when I learned Tai Chi and got more heavily into my yoga practice, that's kind of where... I evolved into who I am today. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay, so so the Tai Chi and yoga was your first step, you know. And right. So, yeah. So um, and now and then you moved into fashion. Right. Right. So right. I um, was in fashion design, and once I graduated from FIT, um, I did menswear. Um, for a boutique uh, in Brooklyn that was called Tribal Impressions where I met my best friend. We actually used to work at this yoga center, this world renowned yoga center, um, Jivamukti Yoga Center, <laughs> uh, known as Yoga to the Stars. So I met, you know, just about everybody, um, you know, that was a quote unquote star in, um, back then or still now. Um, but her and her husband, they opened up a, a um, store in Brooklyn. So I made clothes for them for a good while. Um, so in New York, I was doing the fashion design and making clothes. And also I was heavy into my yoga practice then where I practiced seven days a week. I was like serious yoga <laughs> fanatic. Um, that was my breath back then and um so that kind of leads into as I was taking these yoga classes I didn't see myself myself yeah. and um I that didn't feel right yeah. and um this one brother he visited the um yoga center that I was managing and he gave me this book by uh, Dr. Muwata Ash Ashby um, about Kemetic Egyptian yoga. Hmm. And, um, so I read that and um, that kind of prompted me to look further into yoga and what it really meant to the African indigenous people, you know, the black and brown people and um, just really connect that to who we are. Um, so then as it went further down the line, you know, I wanted to be a instructor to teach my people. So this was more um, uh, yoga, more Kemet based? Of our, well, it, what it did was it showed when, when people think yoga, they think India. Of course, yeah, 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 yeah. Ability, they think contortionist, they think that's it. Okay. So one of the the blessings I have to say with working where I used to work with Jivamukti Yoga Center is it um, taught me the true aspects of what yoga is. So yoga means source, yoke to unite, right? To get closer to source. So 
there are different tenets of yoga. So you have the physical aspect, you have the meditation aspect, you have the selfless service aspect, you have the what do you ingest, you know, your food intake, your thoughts, your, you know, the psychology of it. So it's different aspects of it. So I learned true yoga, not just you're in a fancy pose, look at me, I'm doing yoga. That's not yoga. That's one part of it. That's the physical aspect called Hatha yoga. That's one part that unfortunately Westerners concentrated on because it looked pretty, but that's not what yoga means. Okay. Um, so leading up to, what was I saying? So learning the origins of yoga that it if you look in like different um, ancient culture civilizations, so you have like in Mayan ruins, um, of course in Kemet um, and other um, ancient civilizations where you have, you know, the engraved site, the engraved, you know, the, yeah. the, the on the, the walls basically. Right, yeah, yeah. They're, in, they're in yoga poses or in their meditation pose or they're in lotus. So this has been around, you okay. know, this and it's about connecting to source we didn't i say we didn't have tv back then so tv was nature it was everything so you looked at the animals you looked at the trees you looked at each other and that's where poses came from you know and then you could tap in um more efficiently because you weren't distracted by outside things where we are today um so i just absorbed all of that you know and 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 I just wanted to give it back you know to, to my people but I had to get all the information and that's always been a big thing for me um I always took the approach as far as um whatever I was going to do I have to get all the information first before I feel comfortable to guide or or tell you something because i'm not just going to repeat something and not live it you know i'm not going to repeat it just because i read it in a book so i had to live it and so it's a lifestyle it's not just a hobby you know or something you're doing a spare time it's actually who you are who you become um so that's the yoga, the yoga. And, yeah wow so uh, when we look at so so you had this uh, being brought up into to this tradition, uh, learning the source of where it's come from, um, and not necessarily seeing yourself, but you also uh, so I'm, I'm imagining uh, once you're finding this some of the sources of where things are coming from, you're also able to attract uh, more people of color or Africanized people. Um, was that more in New York or was that um, later on? I have to say, here's the irony of all of that. Um, in New York, I was privileged to be able to, you know, instruct classes, you know, in just about every borough as well. You know, so I had just about every type of individual in that class, I'll have to say. Um, you know, from every race, every background. So that was easy. Coming to the South, not so much <laughs> because of the the stigma and the miseducation and, and ignorance basically of not knowing what it was just because of, you know, just false information. That's all, you know, that. A lot of that's due to, um... A heavy base of uh, within church culture and uh, very much so yeah very much so between that and just fear of unknown you know um and just what we as a people have been taught um especially uh, black people in the south um unfortunately right. just not knowing our history just not knowing you know the the parts that have been hidden from us on purpose for right. a reason just not knowing so yeah. um yeah i do uh, I, I found where some things <laughs> like you're talking about like up north uh being up there when you people 
taking yoga classes. They they no one thought no more of it. I took a yeah, hey, I'm going to my dance class and I'm gonna go to my yoga class. I'm gonna go to this class. <laughs> they didn't think anything of it. We're down here, yoga. What's that? You know, Tai Chi. Yeah. We, we, I mean, it, it's uh, uh, I you know, they didn't know what it was. And uh, here, I should say here. But, you have to convince in the in the you know nor you don't have to convince anyone to do this for your health or for your well being. You know compared to when I got here, um, you know, from years, you know, just um, teaching in different uh, centers, having different classes here and there, um, you know, there was always a small group of people, you know, that gravitated towards my style of teaching as well. But um, it, it's almost like pulling teeth, you know, trying to convince people to mm -hmm. do this. Um, so it really did for me, um, spiritually, um, to practice what I preach, not to drain myself out as well is, you know, I do just stuck to doing private sessions, you know, or just kind of on call uh, situations um, to preserve my peace and my space as well. Yeah. So that's, you know, with the yoga. Um, but with, um, as I was a young teacher back in my day, <laughs> um, when I would have the yoga classes, I always naturally did a massage on my students at the end of the class called relaxation. So fun little fact here. Uh, I actually wanted to be a surgeon. Really? I actually wanted to go to um, schools because I love the body. I loved how just intrigued by it and how it operates you know um so i didn't have money for med school <laughs> so i ended up going to swedish institute um college of um, applied science um in new york which is the oldest massage school on the east coast okay. and so there that's when i got my degree in um massage therapy um and so i actually became a massage therapist to be a better yoga instructor. Wow. So that's how that happened. Um, but the school that I attended, it actually was like first year pre-med and it was a stressful situation. <laughs> um, but you know, all worth it at the end. But through taking that, um, you know, studying that, that got me more in tune with some things that I naturally had within me that I wasn't, I didn't have a name for it. I, I didn't even think about it, but I became more aware as I worked with different body types and, and, you know, knowing where I had to be as a, as a, as a healing ther therapist, you know, working with others. Um, and I could start to feel things and, you know, feel energies and things shift and I've been doing this for a long time, <laughs> basically. Okay, let's look at the aspect. Uh, uh, so we're looking at the aspect I'm on a pattern here. So the you went from being a um, uh, Tai Chi, uh, yoga, the massage therapy, and now we're looking into this at uh, this aspect of the healing um, mm -hmm. aspect. Can you go a little bit deeper with that? What is this aspect of healing that comes with? So it, it all goes. Um, it all, everything that I've taken up in my life, it's fused into each other, mm -hmm. um, unknowingly at the time. But it's it was just a almost like an, an invisible pull that I was gravitating towards or was gravitating towards me or becoming. Mm -hmm. um, so um, it's just, once again, because I was in New York, I was able to train um, and learn many different techniques. So learning Eastern, Western based. So we're knowing basically, you know, the anatomy and the you know, basic biology, but also learning the Eastern aspect, you know, so learning, um, you know, about acupressure and, you know, the meridians of the body and, 
learning polarity and, and learning about energies and, and the cerebrospinal fluid and how that correlates to the energy, you know, of, of, of our bodies, you know, and, and, and how we're set up and made. So they, they go hand in hand. So it's like, I learned the science, you know, of it. And, and that's what I always appreciated about it is because whenever I, I when I was heavily, you know, um, doing my massage practice, I could um, speak the language to my clients because I could talk energy to one person and they would get it. But then maybe another person, I would have to speak straight anatomy and they would get it, you know? Mm -hmm. So just being able to, but letting them know both worlds, you know, they coexist, right? Yeah, they come together. Yeah. Wow. yeah. So, cause I remember you, uh, even when I, years ago, I had a, uh, I did something to my back or something and I went to doctor and actually somehow I went, ended up going to massage therapist and then they ended up doing a acupuncture. Uh, mm-hmm. And it was like, I was like, my, my first reaction was, oh, okay, I'm not like I, the needles. <laughs> so, but I went through it and I really felt, yeah, you know, the person explained to me what, you know, what it's actually doing and explained right. the, the anatomy and, and there's different points in your body. And right. you know, I was like, oh, and so it's, it's, and it's not going to hurt. I mean, and I was, I was like, it's going to hurt. And I, <laughs> I was like, it's got to hurt. But it was like, it was more of a prick. And then after a while, it was just, I felt tension, you know, just leaving, you know. So it was, for me, I, I, I thought it was great. Do you, do you do that now? Or is that something that you do off of your services? Because of quarantine. Oh, yeah, yeah. The yeah, <laughs> pandemic. Yeah. So I, that's, you know, leading into everything, you know, now. Um, well, I don't know how you want to <laughs> direct it. Well, I mean, let's now, okay, let's go into the fact of, Okay, so from healing, uh, you eventually moved. I know uh, you moved to this from New York to South Carolina, right? And that was due to someone being sick in your family. Am I correct? Yeah. So my um, grandmother, I call her a guru, guru grandmommy, the okay. original OG <laughs> goddess. Yeah, OG, yeah. um, so. She is the, um, my grandfather at the time, he had um, dementia and one of my externships while in massage um, school was working with dementia and Alzheimer's um, patients. And at the time I didn't know that my grandfather um, that year later was, you know, gonna be going through that. so I would always call down south and I would hear it in my grandmother's voice when she described what was going on with him. And I knew the signs and what was happening with him. And so long story short, it was a choice between moving to Brooklyn in a brownstone or coming to the south uh, to help my grandmother and have her red velvet cake. So. The red velvet cake one. Red velvet cake. Yeah, the velvet, red velvet cake. <laughs> so that's how I got here. Yeah. So just being um, helping her with my granddad, um, you know, being caregiver. That's, you know, that's why that, that's a separate job, you know, for people. So. Um, how many years ago was this? So this was two thousand. So we're 15, 15, 16 years. Yeah, ago. Um, so he, you know, he transitioned. Um, I guess I w- it was about two years, I want to say, when I came, 2005, 2006, around 2007. Um, he, he transitioned, and, and I felt that on the day that it happened. Um, but there was an incident where he had, um, before he had transitioned, he had an extreme, um, 
case of hiccups and um, I, I could see he was in pain and it was it was very straining, you know, on him. So we were at this hospital. It was up in the Travis Rest area. Um, and, and I just put my hands on him and I could feel certain things from him. And after I took my hands away, I got really tired. It, it was almost like a like wind being taken out of me. And my grandmother, she told me not to ever do that again. <laughs> oh, but it, it soothed him. So things like that and some other, a whole lot of other uh, instances where, you know, just people that I have worked with and clients, you know, that I work with and other, you know, events where I, I knew it was something more than me just putting my hands on, on people. Um, it, it was something else. Something was working through me and I was able to tap into something to help people remind them of their own natural healing abilities. Um, so that's how I look at that aspect. When, when I did practice it <laughs> pre-pandemic. Pre-pandemic. Mm -hmm. But uh, be that it may, even though you, um, you had to step away from that aspect of being hands-on with people, um, um, uh, what about yoga? Did that affect that business as well? Mm -hmm. So pretty, the irony of it is my business was touching people yes. and being near people yeah. and caring, you yeah. know, making sure everybody's okay. Right. So, I mean, and there, there are, and have been, um, and, and I did like a few private clients, um, during that time but because of the situation being it was so such an unknown factor and for me personally um like i said my grandmother so to protect my grandmother who's now 91 years old um to protect a dad who had um pre-existing conditions um and that was a whole nother thing where i ended up having to help him with his diet, um, because he was diagnosed with diabetes and he was on high blood pressure, cholesterol, you know, a whole a lot of stuff. So I was able to help him reverse that. So he's off every medication, off his CPAP machine, no diabetes, no insulin shots, you know, like that. So like for a lot of people, what the, the pandemic did, it, it gave us opportunity to focus on home self and home. So for me, my priority was my family and my loved ones, you know, to protect them and make sure that they're going to be okay. Um, Cause I wasn't worried about myself, you know, I, I, I knew I was good, but I had to protect them. So um, I had to limit a lot um, regarding that. So with that being said, what it ended up doing is because I am a natural healer and a creative, the songs and the lyrics and the poems and the melodies that was stirring up, you know? So it's like, if I can't touch people, you know, how I used to, it, it had to come out some way. So me re, re um, I guess, you know, like life was put back into my music and, and my singing. And that's prompted me to start uh, working on my album or finishing my album, which I did complete my album. And, um, I, you know, I put out a few songs. And so that's where my focus has been. Um, so it's like one unfortunate event of the pandemic kind of pushed me towards the blessing of, I guess, this next chapter, you know, what it is I'm supposed to do. When I listen to your, um, the transition, some of your poetry or, or spoken word, and you came down, you were, uh, I guess, 
you were kind of partnered with you and your partner at the time who were doing poetry. Uh, that, that was a big part. You were part of a whole community. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of interesting how it, the, the body, the soul, and then you, and then it comes out uh, all the expressions now coming b- verbally. Right. Um, and you shared that life with, uh, uh, with the whole community of, of uh, people that did spoken word and poetry, the poetry community mm-hmm. in your area of Greenville. Uh, tell me what that life was like in that community, or what that what's that like? Well, that the the poetry community, a spoken word community. Um, well, I started. I've always um, was a writer, and I have to say, third third fourth grade, I I, I always wrote poetry um, and short stories. That's really how it started for me. Um, I actually recited or a, a first poetry piece to outsiders actually was to my graduating class um, of yoga instructors, my yoga uh, teachers, Integral Yoga Institute in New York. I, I did a poem um, for, for my graduating class. I remember that. Um, when I came down south and just being feeling like an alien <laughs> in, in the South, in Greenville, being a, a young black woman who uh, was vegan, practicing yoga and <laughs> hanging out with grandma. <laughs> uh, it was, I, 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 was, I was looked at a little, little different, you know, not heavily into or belonging to a church, you know, even though I can go to visit you know, some churches here and there. Um, but I, I'm an observer and, and saw a lot of things, you know, where I could make my own decision as far as how I'm going to spiritually navigate through life. Right. Um, so going, um, getting into poetry down here and there's a spot um, called down in Coffee Underground downtown and me and my homegirl, that's my bestie, um, who's a great vegan chef <laughs> um, in one of her former lives. Uh, she doesn't do it now. But we went to this poetry spot and I read. And the first time I read, I remember I was shaking, you know, the paper. So I went from being a nervous sharing this poetry with these strangers to a couple of years later taking over that poetry scene with my um, then partner, you know, at the time and making it very unity based, you know, that was the name of our, um, our union back then, you know, we were known as Unified Soul Poets. And so the, once again, the mother nurturing healing type in me, it was important for me to see and hone that in other individuals. So, you know, we hosted open mics, we hosted events, you know, we hosted um, all of these things. And it was just to allow the art community to grow. So that was all the thing. One of the things that I always will emphasize when, um, you know, I did host um, a show, which I call Say What, Say What Open Mic Poetry Show, is because um, there was a lot of talent Um, in the upstate, I won't just say Greenville, just a lot of talent in the upstate in the South. Um, Because, you know, a lot of people just focus on Atlanta or focus on Charlotte. But I said, no, there's a lot of talent here. So we have great artists, we have great painters, um, poets, singers, musicians. And so on that stage, um, where I used to host, I used, one of the things when I used to do the, um, the advertisement for it is to say this is a little stage where big things happen and you know so that's where many artists you know and there there are a few that have grown from that little stage you know that went off to do music went off to do acting went off to do you know so so it was a a stomping ground became a stomping ground um so i i I was happy <laughs> to be in the background 
you know, and to see others grow and flourish. You know, I was known as like, they used to call me mama, <laughs> you know, <laughs> mama goddess. We were mama and, and daddy or whatever at the time. Um, but life happens, things change, you know, and through a course of events, I had to step away from the community, um, from that whole scene. And I had to go through a whole healing process, a whole rediscovering myself, a whole starting over um, process. And once again, what's always been in my DNA is the music. And the music is from, like I said, my bloodline. So my grandmother, the church pianist over 50 years in her church. My mom, you know, was a singer in a band in the 70s named Freedom. <laughs> Go away, go 
So the singing was uh, um, was always there. Growing, mm -hmm. I can under, I can see that. Um, I understand that how that because singing. I think singing has been a part of my life too. Um, let's look at this. Uh, if you spoke about you know you now in this community, and I don't know, I don't know if you if you feel comfortable uh, to talk about the issue of healing, and because you're going through. Um, from talking with you, uh, you went through a, um, a, a transition in life. Mm -hmm. You lost the sense of community that you, you and your partner and your husband at the time had mm -hmm. developed and were part of this big community that was growing. And then it's gone. Mm -hmm. I mean, well, the relationship's gone, community's gone. So now it's like you're. And then you come, um, and, and, and then I remember having a conversation. You, you, uh, your own sense of self worth, and all of this. And mm -hmm. um, can you share with uh, the audience what, what what happened to to you? So <laughs> basically, um, the the situation I was in, I was married, and me and this person, we built a legacy and we I mean and it's still that that can never be taken away you know what the the work that was put in the the literal blood sweat and tears you know that was put in um those that were around at the time and not just in the upstate we're talking the entire known as southern fried community wow. um so we we were known um and, and like I said, a lot of work hours were put in um, and on our personal lives, you know, it was, it was a lot of, of struggle, a lot of, a lot of pain, a lot of, I mean, it was, it was good and bad, you know, that you have in any, any marriage, any personal relationships, um, you know, when you have children, but in my case, because we were such, um, you know, out there figures. So a lot of our personal life was everybody's life. So everybody was pretty much invested in our relationship, you know, and our relationship was part of the community. So when the relationship broke up, the community here, you know, it kind of <laughs> fizzled a bit, you know, and, and it, it wasn't the same and hasn't been the same, um, but it's, something else now you know I don't know what but you know there is still poetry but what we had created then and that sense of family and and togetherness and and um you know just being there for everybody um that pretty picture that was painted um that to me was 100% real you know that was my soul, my spirit, you know, that I gave to that. And for things to come out, you know, where I was betrayed, I was lied to, um, I was, I was destroyed. So when you say kind of with the healing aspect, what ended up happening is I, in a sense, died. Mm. There was a death while I was still here and supposed to be living because I had a son, you know? Um, so it was a very difficult situation, you know, to go, go through as a, as a woman and to go through it publicly. Um, you know, not that we were Jay-Z and Beyonce <laughs> or anything like that, but it, 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 it heavily affected my life, you know, where I couldn't walk down the street. Um, or, or I didn't want to go out in public. I didn't want to go to certain events 
because I didn't want people to ask me where so-and-so or what happened because what ended up happening, Tony, is each time, and this was even maybe a year after, you know, where people that just found out or didn't know, and they'd ask me, well, what happened? So it's like, I would have to rehatch and bring it up and just go through it all over. So I had to step away for my self-preservation and for my self-care in order to heal. Um, you know, that was one reason um, why there, there's a whole lot of reasons, but that was one reason why. Um, so, you know, any woman that has gone through a, um, gone through infidelity, gone through betrayal, gone through depression, gone through anger, gone through, and I got in a car accident, <laughs> like shortly after wow. too, that changed everything as well, where I had migraines every day um, for, it was six months out the year that, that year I had a, um, a, a, a bad car accident um, where I had brain bruise and, you know, my memories affected a little bit with how I was able to memorize my poems, my um, pieces for shows and stuff like that. So it just was like one thing <laughs> after another um, that could have easily broke me all the way down. And it did break me all the way down. It huh. did. Um, but I can say happily now, I'm thankful for it. Mm. I'm thankful for it all. Wow. Because through the pain, through the the heartache, through the um the the mistakes that I made personally through self-reflection, I was able to find my voice. I was able to find my hidden power because as much as I, like I said, in the community, I was in the background, right? I had no problem being in the background. People, my, my, my students, yoga students, you know, or, or massage clients, they wanted to call me a healer or they wanted to call me a teacher. And I stepped away from that. I didn't want to own or claim any of that because um, I wasn't in a space to do that. You know, I, I wanted to remain <laughs> separate. You know, you keep it, you stay over there. <laughs> like, I'm like, no, I'm just over here, just regular little old Kimby. But the fact is, no, I'm Kimby. <laughs> and that is all parts of Kimby. So I had to embrace that. So Kimby Taez, that's the name, my, the real name my mother gave me. That is all of who I am. So I am. A, a healer. I am a seer. I am a feeler. I am a mother. I am a, you know, I'm a daughter. I'm a grand granddaughter. I'm a singer. I'm a writer. I'm a creator. I'm an artist. Um, you know, I, I, I'm so much. And, and through everything that I went through and having to start over, you know, and not give up, I found myself, you know, and I found my, my power. Like I said, I found my power. And one of the biggest things I have to say, um, it was actually um, my 40th birthday. And it was as if a, an internal button was pushed. <laughs> and, and I don't know, women will understand this, but it's like you hit a certain age, like in your 20s, you think you know. Your 30s, you're like, okay, I, I, I got this kind of, I think, I, but some that 40, that button was pushed. And I realized, I said, oh, I am fabulous. I got this. Right. Yes. It, 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 it like something just clicked. Something just clicked. Where it's like, um, you better live your life. Like, girl, you better get out there and do what you're supposed to do. It, it just clicked. On that day, I rem I remember it because I was listening to Anita Baker <laughs> taking taking my birthday bath, <laughs> and you know I just felt, and I had this woman come, and um she she made these uh waist beads for me, and so I had like a you know a, a little 
sister ceremony for my birthday. And so she, um, you know, adorned me with the waist beads and everything. But it was just on that day, something even, it, it got solidified that day for me. Um, so that's my story. <laughs> The first song that I heard you do was, uh, I think it was a song by Rochelle Farrell. Oh, okay. oh, what do I do? You know, that that song. And I was like blown away. I mean, because uh, that, that's one actually one of my favorite songs um, oh, wow. uh, when I heard it. And, and I think I described your voice when I talked to you. Uh, it's like a peach. So it's a, it's, a, it's a soft, it has a roundness to it's, it's a whole, and yet it's, it, it's smooth, like a peach is very smooth. It's not, you know, it's, a, it's soft, it's smooth, and, it's, and it's, it's very, it's a beautiful sound that I heard come out of your voice. Yeah. Remember, you have to put that as my album review when I... <laughs> ah. <laughs> take it i mean but it was very much uh i, I it was it was beautiful i was and i and then i listened to some of your other stuff and what i heard was uh i think you, you were talking about forgiveness one one that you did earlier um and and seeing your evolution and i said mm, this is a this I got to work with, I mean, part of me was saying I got to work with her because I think she, I'm a producer, being a producer uh, myself, and I said, wow, got to work with this woman because she's got the voice, she's got the, the, the thank you, got that it, you know, and, um, uh, and it's amazing that, it, it, and I think I compare you, when, when I first heard you, I've been, always been a Karen Carpenter fan, and Karen Carpenter, when you listen to her, she has that roundness that, you know, it was like a pure tone. It was, she didn't need to ad lib, you know, some people just don't need to ad lib. I mean, it's kind of like, uh, which is amazing because you come out of church, you say you'd be in the church, but most, most, most of the time when I hear church people, it's like all, you know, all these runs and da, 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 you know, and everything like that, which is fine if that, but yeah. it wasn't that it was it was it was just pure tones and i think uh, some of it when i listen to when i think of yoga when i think of tai chi it's the it's almost uh, these this roundness and kind of connecting with the, mm. with the you know it, it comes out in music mm -hmm. and so i i did uh i did i, I was fascinated with that tell me about your venture as a songwriter, singer, the new, well, not would say not, not be new, Kimby, the goddess. Um, my, ooh, where to start? I don't know. <laughs> like I said, that, that was what people will hear and what they see, um, from my videos um, on YouTube, you know, my stuff on Spotify, stuff I have on Bandcamp. It's just always been just who I am, you know? So it's, it's just uh, that combination. Uh, one, one of the things, the type of yoga, um, when I led classes or, or the style that I say I would instruct I named it gumbo yoga. gumbo yoga right and so some people would think there was going to be gumbo at the end of the class <laughs> a pot of gumbo. but I say that that when I would all think of gumbo is because it's a, a fusion of all these different types of ingredients so I would always say when you come to my class I give you all these little ingredients, you know, here and there, a dash of this, a sprinkle of that, though this, stir in here, you know. Um, and at the end of the class, for you to be fed and for you to feel fully fed, you know, mm -hmm. ergo gumbo yoga. So with my, the whole journey with me um, as a writer and a, a, a singer, with the songs that came to me um, 
once again, it's just these ingredients. So when people hear the singles, you know, that that's coming out, it's from me absorbing, you know, all these different ingredients of life and, and my experiences. So it's like some are personal, some are just from what I've just absorbed, just from just seeing, you know, and living, um, you know, and, and that's just what, what's come out. Um, that That's how I, you know, create. Mm. Yeah. Wow. So now you're uh, working on a project, a musical music project. Um, uh, you have a, um, and let's uh, tell us about that. So the um, the one where I reached out. Yeah. Right. Okay. So this um, next single that I'm um, working on to release, it's titled "Finding Beauty in Chaos." Mm. And so I actually wrote that song. I freestyled it um, in the beginning um, a year ago. And this was actually right, we were probably about three months into everything being shut down last year, you know. And so creatively for me, um, I it's almost like, I have to say with, with the shutdown, you know, and for a lot of creatives, it, it just kind of just had everything. <laughs> and then too, being a mom, you know, and then us thrown into virtual schooling world, you know, that was another, you know, stressful factor for us there. So it's just trying to, you know, we were just like this ball of just, just tension and confusion and fear and unknown and all this. So creatively, right, nothing was happening for me. And in, in yoga terms or energy chakra terms, you know, our seat of creativity is right below the belly center, you know, which is the, um, the, the, the sacral chakra. Um, so it was just all held in there and it's no creativity was happening because it was just in this unknown, you know, situation. So around the summertime, beginning of summer, um, me and my son, we were able to escape, you know, and I, I took a sister van for a while where I had a friend there and he was a guitarist and he just had this loop playing one day and that loop playing and it just came. And that was the first time in three months I was able to write or that anything creatively came to me. And so I just sang it. And then as, you know, time went on going into the editing process and um, just, you know, it, it became even more. And then once I went into the studio and then I was hearing more and around that time too, I have to say, um, as far as when people hear the final project compared to the acapella, the, the version that I did, the acoustic version that I did um, in the beginning too, I um, watched a lot of unsung mm -hmm. during the quarantine. Right. And so for me, it stuck out the emotions oh, and yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, so a lot of the, the, you know, the girl, the lady singing groups back then and just those rich harmonies and how it was like that choir full fullness feel. And so once again, I was just absorbing it. I was absorbing it. So when it was time for me to go um, and to add final touches on that studio and, you know, the, the studio sessions for that song, I called my mom, you know, I said, mama, I need you to come in and help me sing this part. So my mom, my mother's on that song as well. Um, you know, so we're doing the harmonies and I also invited another, um, a, a brother out to do that. So just to give it that rich, uh, background vocal sounds that I wanted. Um, but it's talking about just what we as a people, you know, kind of going back to the origins, <laughs> you know, going back to, you know, the first step on that bidding block from, you know, people seeing those ships coming over, 
you know, for the first time up till George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, pandemic, every, you know, just everything, what we've been feeling and what I say I've been feeling because I felt, have felt everything, you know, on a whole nother, a, a whole nother level. So that's what that song is about. So once I had the song completed, I knew it was talking about, well, basically the ancestors are speaking, you know, and they want to come out um, and they are working through a lot of us. So I know it had to be in a special location. So I've just been looking for a special location for a while and nothing was really resonating with me. And I know why now, <laughs> because <laughs> the, the, the place with the antebellum, the, the slave cabins, um, when a mutual yeah. friend And I do out. want to make sure that uh, I've shared uh, with people on, on our board and they love your, your music, they love your song, you love your, your energy. And I definitely want to uh, see that, um, this come about. Um, for for the particular song you're talking about, as well as uh, collaboration between you and I to work on some really nice, good music because I like your I love your voice, I like your spirit. Yeah. And um, and I was wondering if uh, if you don't if you're not shy uh, since you're not if you could. <laughs> Do a Rochelle or something uh, for us. Something in particular. Um, mm -hmm. But I, uh, or, uh, or one of, and one of your, possibly one of your poems. So you want a, a whole thing in there. <laughs> right. um, let's see. Because I wasn't prepared for this one. But, um, Okay, so I'll give you um, a snippet of, I love Elder Barge. I love nope. Elder Barge, <laughs> I love L too, yeah. So, um, I don't know how the words go, but. <clears throat> love me special way oh, one more can I say love me now love me in a special way one more can I say love me now Tell me, have you ever been engaged in a forever moment when a hand with skilled artistry discovers the outline of your divinity? There are no deceptions, expecting nothing, just accepting. See, this brother, he somehow wants to know me, even though on this earthly realm, doesn't really know me, but he feels that this connection of the masculine, feminine, though it may be a mystery, the only connection is why we did not meet any sooner. And he asks me, sister, woman, goddess, mama, where have you been when I was pretending to be in love and giving the gifts of my essence away to those who were just temporary training wheels to the ride of this chaotic life journey? See, this brother, he wants to cruise to my Cadillac state of contentment and discover each pleasure zone beyond my skin. I feel him pulling me in, into his auric field as our frequencies become a masterfully syncopated melody where I become him and he becomes me and we be five elemental earth babies of the mother of all flowing into each other like indigo liquid speckled flames melting all of man's labels and notions away budding into that super consciousness selflessly giving see we are one another's realness in this unreal reality we are the pranic energy we are the reason why poetry is even called poetry 
now our human flesh cries because we go beyond what is known as the third power of love making. We make omnipotence, we make forgiveness, we make self-healing, we make what is our birthright, we make just being. Now sex, that's not what I'm talking about. That is, that is at the bottom of this totem pole when it comes to what it means to truly and absolutely to connect to someone. So tell me, have you ever made passionate, unveiled, unmitigated, quantum leap raw truth to someone? And it felt like a forever moment. I can only imagine. Cause I'm special, not the average type who would fall for any lies that sounds good. So love me in a special way. What more can I say? Love me now. Wow. <laughs> that is phenomenal. Put me on the spot. <laughs> hey, uh, you did it, girl. I mean, that's, that was, uh, wow. Kimi Taez, Kimbi Taez, the goddess. I mean, <laughs> uh, you're a wonderful person. A, thank you <laughs> to uh goddess i mean i want to definitely thank you for um allowing me to um come in your space for a, a brief moment today um i mean we've shared uh, multiple conversations but uh that was a that was powerful i mean i i uh, i don't know what else to say that i'm, I'm true i'm just you uh, you got I'm me. the interviewer is speechless. <laughs> yeah, I'm the interviewer. He ran out of questions. 